Hey guys, and welcome to the 21st episode of Criminality, a podcast where we know that loving reality isn't a crime. Rebecca, how the heck are you? I'm great. Our podcast is an adult. It can buy a drink. Wow, that is very <laughs> true. It can really uh, live its life. This week I saw, or yesterday I saw a picture with Lindsay Lohan, Paris Hilton, and uh, Britney Spears from back in the day, right? Oh, yes. And yesterday they had like the best day ever. Paris got married, Britney is freed, and Lindsay Lohan is now in like Hallmark Christmas movies. I Everything mean, things is- are... Things are looking up for all three of them, honestly. If you consider their individual trajectories, that is great news. Isn't it? And all in one day. It was just such a good day. It's so beautiful. I am thrilled about Britney's conservatorship. I just, that is just such, such good news. And then, of course, Paris's wedding looks so beautiful. Her gown and pictures are like to die for. I think she just knocked it out of the park. She really did. She looked amazing. And I, don't really keep up with her so much, but I I was happy for her. Same, same, same. But ever since I saw the doc, um, This is Paris, I've been like kind of moved towards paying more attention. Right. But where I thought you were going with the whole Britney, Paris, Lindsay thing, and I was excited, oh, was, no, 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 it's different. It's different. I loved what you said, but I thought, because we were talking about the podcast being 21, uh-huh. like you, me, and the podcast Like, who would they be if me, you, and the podcast were Lindsay, Paris, and Brittany? Who would be which? Why did I think that? Let's do it. Let's let's do it. Who is who? You first. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think Lindsay is neither of us. Brittany, we would say would be, I would say would be me because I'm always indoors and I never like to leave the house. Although she wasn't allowed to leave the house. It's a little bit different. Fair enough. And are you Paris? Oh yeah. You have style. You have grace. You, yeah, you're Paris. I'll what? take it. But that I love, I love our podcast is Lindsay Lohan. Like this, chaotic. this is the best. This is the best. Or yes, is unpre- it unpredictable or Brittany? So chaotic. Oh, I don't shoot. know. <laughs> as long as it's not toxic. Um, there you go. <laughs> okay. Thanks for indulging that. That was fun. You're welcome. Um, you doing well? I'm doing really well. It's been a week and a half since we've talked last. It's a little earlier than we've been doing them. Um, so not too much has changed in my world. The world seems different, but it's good. Every day it's different. And we're getting very close, dangerously close to these holidays that they speak of. And I'm yeah. like, what is happening? How is it mid-November? But here we are. We're here. We're here. The weather's changed. Everything's changed. Rebecca, I am so excited about this story this week, and I hope you are too. I am. When um, the idea for criminality kind of popped in my head, I was thinking housewives, and I was thinking this story. This is one that was like my OG couldn't wait to do it. Yeah. So if you remember from last time, my three clues were Colorado, fake, and family. Yeah. Yeah. And where did you get on that? Did that didn't really. No, I, I, I was thinking maybe it's a cult, but it's not. Yeah. I leave the cults for you. Even if exactly. I find a cult, I'm just going to put it to the side because you'll eventually find it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know that anybody guessed it this week. Did you see any? I guesses? didn't. No. I think you've fully stumped us. Ooh, I'm excited. So this week, we're talking about someone that came from Wife Swap, the world of Wife Swap. Wife Swap okay. really gave us. So many gems, including the God Warrior Lady. Do you remember her? Nope. Oh, 
I should have made clips. The God Warrior lady, she would scream like, um, this, everything is dark sided. Um, <laughs> crazy stuff. Oh my gosh, Rebecca, if you're watching this, I'm going to put a clip in here because this is just must-see television. Yes, everything's ungodly. Dark sided. I'm glad you're home. Get the hell out of my house. In Jesus name, I pray. Anyway, that's, that's. The, the picture alone speaks a thousand words. So I can't screaming. wait. I can't wait. To hear Everything. the actual words. Okay. You're dark sided. It's a lot. She told people to go to H-E double hockey sticks in Jesus name. So <laughs> there was. <laughs> it's not something you hear every day. So but they also gave us uh, King Curtis, who, you know, King Curtis yes. is my favorite. The kid, yes. you know, bacon is my friend. Chicken nuggets are my family. <laughs> he only likes chicken nuggets. Yay. I really do like chicken nuggets. They're good. Curtis, what you want for breakfast? Chicken nuggets. Okay. Chicken nuggets is like my family. I'm going to go see if she's got chicken nuggets. Wife Swap has been there for me when, I guess, Wife Swap has just been there for me. I don't really have anything to compare it to. But of course, Rebecca, our show is about crime. So while I could talk all things dark-sided... I won't because I had a very calm day before this. And that's a reference for about three people who will get that <laughs> reference. Not you, but there are three Definitely out there not me. that were really excited. So Rebecca, do you have any relationship with Wife Swap? I really, really don't. It came up peripherally in my episode about the Ingrams in England because that was oh, one yeah. of the shows they ended up doing. So I, I kind of like, you know, surface uh read about it. And I've definitely seen... Parts of episodes, but I don't even think I've seen like a, a whole season of of it at all. But I I understand the concept. Yeah, the concept. It, there's not a whole lot to it, really. Yeah. But this week we are discussing what has been lauded as one of the biggest hoaxes in reality TV history. No, it wasn't Johnny from Survivor pretending his grandma died for sympathy votes. That was awful. Terrible. Nor was it Jin Shaw claiming that Coach Shaw had internal <gasps> bleeding in the parking lot of Beauty Lab and Laser. Why aren't more people talking about that? Thank you for saying it. Thank you. That was a very upsetting one to throw your husband. Offensive. Possibly dying in this whole scenario that she's created for herself. Mm -hmm. And while I went into the story thinking like many of you that it was a hoax, I accidentally came out of this story as a hashtag balloon boy truther. Stop. I'm not kidding, Rebecca. I began as somebody who thought this whole hoax was true, but I literally came out of this making my husband listen to me, making my daughter laying out the facts, and I am a balloon boy truther. Wait, 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 wait. We're talking about Blue Boy. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I've gotten, I am there with you, but you're saying you believe it or you believe it's a hoax? I believe that it was not a hoax. I believe a real situation happened and wow. everything we were fed by the media was not entirely true. And I will be laying out my facts in this essay. I will be <laughs> discussing. so excited to hear this. I'm all over the place, Rebecca. So like, I can't even wait to get to all of my, like why I believe that this was not a hoax, this whole situation. So okay. before we get to that, cause I've kind of buried the lead with this whole thing. Actually, no, I love the lead and then I'm bearing all the other details. <laughs> so, so I think I'm doing it right. <laughs> so if you're it's not good. familiar with, Rebe uh, with wife swept, if you're not familiar with Rebecca, how did you get here? But if you're not familiar <laughs> with wife swap, 
Let me explain. Rebecca did explain it before, but I'll give you a little more information. ABC takes two families and one member of the family, usually the mom, swaps members with another family, another mother normally, and they live with them for two weeks. The first week you go by their rules. And the second week you've kind of, you know, seen what's going on, gotten the lay of the land, and you create your own rules for the family that you're staying with, right? The key ingredient to this show, though, is chaos. And <laughs> the producers of Wife Swap ensure chaos will take place by combining two families with diametrically opposing ways of living life, right? Case in point, season five, episode one, the Heaney Martell families. Now, the Heaney families who we're talking about today, they are Wife Swap royalty. They have been on Wife Swap not once, but twice. They came on as fan favorites. So imagine the chaos in this family. (laughs) And where are we geographically? Geographically, we will be in Colorado for a lot of the story. One of my clues. One Um, of the clues. Pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention, please. Um, (laughs) So the Heaney family is made up of Richard and Mayumi, who were 48 years old and 45 whenever their episode was filmed. And they have three sons. Their sons are Falcon, who is six, Rio, who is eight, and Bradford, who is 10, all boys. Mm -hmm. So the official ABC description of this family was this, quote, the Heaney family devotes their time to scientific experiments that include looking for extraterrestrials and building a research gathering flying saucer to send into the eye of the storm, end quote. I'm reserving comment. (laughs) Are you waiting? Okay. So as you can imagine, this family is intense and eccentric. And while they love their children by their own admission, adventure and fun outranks basically anything. You've met these kind of people where they're like, if the kid falls off the roof, they'll be fine. They'll they'll roll into it, right? They they have 206 bones. And there was like a worthy reason for them to be up there. I'm sure some exploration, like they encouraged it or didn't discourage it. Yeah, yeah. They don't discourage it. Absolutely. You've met these families. Good for them. Yeah. So it really should become or should come as no surprise that they swap with a family member, a family called the Martell family. And what would you, how would you think the producers would pick the Martell family? Like what, what? characteristics if we're going opposites with the Martells be? I'm thinking they're very structured, rules oriented, organized, um, and maybe a little bit like uh, overprotective. Very good. That's exactly it. They're basically an Enneagram six family, but like (laughs) (laughs) to the extreme. And I, I say that with love as an Enneagram six. Yeah. But these kids are basically scared of everything. They don't want to do anything. They're like you know, if, if my, I'm afraid to go down the hill because what if I break all my bones or I'm afraid to go in the woods because what if all things I think, well, I'm like fair enough on the woods, but right. (laughs) But, but at the same time, like, I don't want my kids to live, live in fear. And these kids were very fearful of having fun, like just being kids. It was, it was hard to kind of see not the worst situation, but it was like very overbearing. Okay. So it's basically the exact opposite of the Heaney kids. And while the Martells were the definition of caution, the Heenies literally yeeted caution into the wind alongside their dad in the middle of a tornado. Rebecca, he, when I say in the middle of a tornado, he would ride a motorcycle into a tornado. Okay, so we're bordering on reckless. 
We're not bordering. We cross the border. <laughs> we are We're in citizens of We're reckless the country. I of the reckless. Okay. <laughs> Literally. So Richard and Mayumi met years earlier in a Hollywood acting school. Prior to meeting Mayumi, Richard had made an attempt as a stand-up comic in Hollywood. Okay. Yeah. That's a that's tough road. It, not many well, people make it. <laughs> and neither did he. So during this time, he was what some were calling a, quote, shameless self-promoter who would do almost anything to advance his latest endeavor, mm. which included trying to get people to invest money in his storm-chasing ideas, like riding a motorcycle into the middle of a tornado. I can't imagine what that pitch goes like. <laughs> is like. Yeah, I, I, I'm already I'm kind of seeing the writing on the wall, but I'm trying to stay present in the moment. <laughs> the writing is there, sister, and it's about to be in permanent marker and uh-huh. no amount of Mr. Clean, you know, things are going to wipe this writing off. So Mayumi, though, she had immigrated to the U.S. from Japan. She had a very abusive father and she wanted to come to the U.S. to become an actress when she arrived in America, she actually was barely able to speak English. Even when she's on Wife Swap later, her English is she's able to communicate, but it it takes a little bit of time for her. She carries around a dictionary at times. So those that knew the couple said they were really opposites. Richard is very excitable. See any second of Wife Swap ever. And Mayumi's more quiet and reserved. She loved being a mom. She adored her boys. While some say she really didn't get a say in what went on in the family, Mm. she was completely devoted to them. So the couple had been married for over a decade by the time the family was on Wife Swap. Just a few years before that time on Wife Swap, they ran a film editing business out in L.A. Okay. And... Somebody that worked in the building was like, yeah, it was chaotic all the time. She's watching the kids. I don't really know what he was doing, but it was just a lot going on. And if you see the Wife Swap episode, it's chaos. I feel like my life is chaotic, and that even gave me like a borderline panic attack to watch it. Well, kids in any proximity to film editing just sounds stressed. Like What? Like time, just inefficient, and just like it would just be a disaster. Absolutely horrific. So eventually they decide to leave L.A. and in late 2007, they move to Colorado. And this is where Richard starts working construction and Mayumi stays home as a homemaker. And so while I don't think I was ever on Richard's MySpace top eight profile, he definitely would have piqued my interest. According to his old MySpace profile, he described himself as a, quote, storm chaser and the host of a documentary series and radio show that investigates the mysteries of science. That show exists? Did you? Oh, I didn't get that far. I don't think that show oh, existed. I'm. You think he just? Okay. I mean, it's MySpace. You can say it whatever was, you yeah, want. Yeah, right. To. It was as his own little you, fun fun fact. Yeah, you put a little Britney Spears, you know, quote underneath it, <laughs> glittery star. You're good. It's official. <laughs> but if you're thinking, Melissa, I thought he was a comedian turned video editor turned construction worker. Where in the Jim Cantori fanfic did any of this weather <laughs> stuff come from? I'm glad you asked, Rebecca. According to Richard, his fascination with storm chasing began in the 70s after a storm had ripped off the building off the roof of a building he was in. I can Whoa. imagine that yeah. would like leave an impression. Sure. Absolutely. So he started a weather research team with his friend named Scott called the Science Detectives. Now science is spelled P S I mean it's spelled S C I E N C E, but he spells it P S Y 
I-E-N-C-E. I see what he's doing there, like the psychology of science detective work. But is there psychology in tornadoes? Well, maybe they're, if they were the detectives, maybe their psychology approach. Oh, man, you took the writing on the wall and you started erasing it, Rebecca. I'm going to need you to get back there. (laughs) Cue magnifying glass. (laughs) So while Richard has no specialized training, he did graduate from high school, but he did not go to meteorology school or get a meteorology degree or whatever it is those people on TV do. He was really into this computer tracking system that he has in his vehicle, as well as this specialized motorcycle. He also claimed to have flown a plane around the perimeter of Hurricane Wilma in 2005. Okay. Not sure if that was real. Yeah. Yeah. That was also on MySpace. Um, (laughs) According to the Swap episode, storm chasing was a family event. They would track 35 to 40 weather activities a year. Can you imagine being the storm chaser? So they're basically in the house watching the weather, as I do every day because I'm 100 years old. But they're waiting for these moments. Yeah. Grabbing your kids, taking off in a van towards a tornado. Towards it. Helping your husband jump onto his motorcycle, giving him a rocket, and sending him into the middle of the storm. I need to know life insurance details. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a murder. (laughs) Well, I just like, that's like, I mean, could you get life insurance and do that for work or even recreationally? I feel like you're, you're, I don't know. I feel like the second you have to put cause of death as my husband rode his motorcycle into. It's going to be a tough claim to file. It is. I don't think you're going to get the full benefits on that one. No. So if you're thinking, well, there's 365 days in a year, what are they doing after all these, you know, only 30 or 40 weather activities a year? Don't worry. He's looking for UFOs and launching rockets. (laughs) According to Richard, he once passed out in a fast food restaurant. Aliens spoke to him. He also talks about plans to build a flying saucer covered in foil, which he wanted to send into a tornado. Basically, this guy saw Twister with Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt one time and was like, how do I get in on the magic of that? Okay. (laughs) I mean, are we, I'm not trying to speak out of turn. I've never seen it. But like, are we concerned about like mental wellness or? Oh, um, no, I think he's very, (laughs) I think, I think he's incredibly intelligent, like to be able to do these things. I don't doubt it. He's self-taught even understanding any of these things, but like the communication with other, you know, yeah. Oh, with the aliens. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've aliens don't send, seem to talk to me. I got <laughs> nothing they're interested in. I'm not building a weather thing. Maybe I'm just not the proper. Yeah. Know, Maybe I'm wh- thinking too. No, linearly. it's okay. I like that. I basically just skipped over that. It was like also aliens talk to him. Keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, it hold on. Been heartburn. I want to hunker down here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, All right. Continue. <laughs> so. I I don't know. To answer your question, Denim. But you did say eccentric. Maybe he's just very eccentric. eccentric, And like open to experiences. And so, you know, he can interpret something as like it was honestly like a very like small note in his whole story. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm hung up. No, it's good. I get it. I'm just worried about myself now when I try to sell this at the end on why I'm a believer. (laughs) No, no, no. But you're gonna remember all of this. So he says basically, you know. They think having their kids along for this is great, right? It's a good education for them. They get so much more out of this than other entertainment. He said, 
quote, to some people it may seem dangerous, but my family is never put in harm's way. I'm the only one ever in danger. Okay. Ish. You're still getting close to a tornado before he like willy nilly rides into a tornado. So it's, it's wild to see. But there was a day, Rebecca, that we're here to talk about when he did put his family in danger or his family was put in danger. And that day was October 15th, 2009. So on this day, the Heaney kids, they're all home from school. It's a teacher work day. Every parent's favorite day of the year. Oh, in-service day. (laughs) So the family decides to work on this project. And this project that they're working on together is literally a family event. It's something they all do together. They enjoy doing it. It's just this family project. They seem to do these things a lot. So this project is a silver saucer-shaped balloon, okay? Do you have one of these? I don't know. Yeah, in New York City? No, no, we don't. On the top of the building? (laughs) It's weird, but no. Put it on a taxi. So this balloon is 20 feet long, five oh my feet gosh, high. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Even if we wanted to, we literally could not fit one. Were you starting Continue. to think it was a good idea? And then you were like, I was oh. like, you know, it's not that. I'm sure someone in New York has a, wait a minute, what? 20 feet? <laughs> 20 feet long, five feet high. And it's made of plastic tarps, aluminum poles, duct tape, and string. So while the family said this balloon was tethered to the ground, it's made of some kind of electric power that's run by double C batteries. So the intention of this balloon, so it's this giant saucer looking thing, the intention is to for Richard to learn how to move it left to right. So helium makes it go up, but the batteries in it, I don't know how this works, but they're trying to get it to go left to right. That's that's what they're testing. And is it to operate uh on its own or is there an attachment of like a sit a seat or like a hot air balloon where you're like with it um no one's ever supposed to ride in it It, there is like a command center in the middle but it's never supposed to have somebody in it it's just occupied where everything is right so it's so it's like you're operating it like a remote control exactly so they're trying to figure out how to do that so and that's super important to the story really so according to richard They're trying to hover it about 20 feet high, and he's hoping to move it right to left, like I was saying. Later, the family would say that all day the kids had been playing in and around the balloon. There is video, and I'm going to show you a video at the end, showing this exact thing. Of course, I can imagine. Like, how would they not be all in and up and around it? Like, And this is their life, right? Like, they're always doing this kind of things. And these kids do adventurous stuff, and they're all involved in everything. So... Falcon's six years old. He is getting in and out of that like command center, right, where the batteries are. And he's gotten in trouble because he's not supposed to be doing that. So all day, apparently, he's been doing this. And you'll see in the video later, he really is in and out of this thing. As the family gathers around, they count down three, two, one. Richard pulls a cord, letting the balloon in the air. But the problem is it's just supposed to rise up a little, right? Mm -hmm. And it's tethered to this giant circular wooden thing. So it's this big circular wooden thing. There's the balloon connected to it. It's going to float a little like you would with like a mylar balloon or something. Yeah. But it's still supposed to stay intact. It's supposed to stay on the ground. Yeah. Exactly. Gotcha. So Richard pulls this cord, letting the balloon go in the air. But then... This massive thing keeps going and it goes beyond the, you know, like, oh, no, our balloon, it's floating. That's a TikTok thing I learned, but it's, oh, no, our table, it's broken. And so 
that's for two people out there. That was what that No, probably more than two. That's a TikTok trend. I don't know that one. I know like four, so. I know. I'm really sad for myself. I was really excited. So Richard hears on the video, as soon as it takes off, he's screaming, you didn't put the effing tether down, Mayumi. And it's chaos. This balloon is floating up and you, you hear immediately when everybody realizes this wasn't supposed to happen. Oh my gosh. So he is yelling at Mayumi, you know, oh my gosh, the tether's not down. And immediately you see Bradford running and yelling, Falcon's in there, Falcon's in there, Falcon's no. in there. Yes. Screaming no. and screaming. Yes. I mean, I know that that was going to happen. But they didn't even, so at first it was just like, oh shoot, the balloon is yeah. free. But then it's like, and Falcon's in it. Yeah. And so when the balloon's going up to them, it's like, they've put in all this money. This is like, this is a thing they're working on a lot. They don't, sure, this sure, is the sure. only balloon they have. And also the only six-year-old named Falcon that they have. But the kid also, is so panicked. Go ahead. Um. Yeah. No, the name, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Sorry. It really is. I know. Um, so Rebecca, if you thought your six-year-old child had just taken off into a flying saucer over creation, who are you going to call? You've already called the Ghostbusters once for something. I mean, you would call 911. So what they decided to do is call <laughs> FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration. That'd be my next call. Right, it's not the worst call, right? <laughs> no, they, no, it actually makes sense. I would never have thought of it, though. They know them. all of this stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, they, yeah. They're working with all of this stuff. So they call. And of course, they they know like this is going to affect flights. All of this stuff. They're not even really they don't know that their son is actually missing. Right. As at, at first you're thinking they can't find him. Right. Because the so the other boy alerted them like that Falcon was in there. Were they not sure? Were they like, wait, hold on. Maybe he's just in the house or something. And like or, or did we just maybe don't know. Maybe it was just I mean, it was utter chaos, like total chaos. Oh I think gosh. there's like the dad screaming. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. But as they go to look for him, they can't find him. So oh where else is gosh. he? Right. So they call the FAA, who, of course, tells them to call 911. Okay, and so phew. if your first call, though, is to the FAA, who do you think their second call is to? The news, a news crew. Yeah. According to police, it was the local TV station. But Shoot. here's why. He Richard says later, he's telling Mayumi, call somebody with a helicopter, call anybody with a helicopter because they're they're panicked. I truly cannot imagine this chaos. No, I can't either. She's calling them. People have hung up on her because, first of all, they can't completely understand her because she's so panicked. She is not a native English speaker. And so some people thought it was a joke and they hung up on her. Oh, my gosh. You're saying my son is in a flying saucer. It's <laughs> it's going to get some questions. <laughs> So at 11.22, the third call is through, and that's to 911. And this is 20 minutes this has been gone oh, now, right? Oh, my gosh. This is the police's timeline. I would like to point that out, and there are questions that come up about this later. Okay. I love questioning a police timeline. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> so Mayumi calls in, says her son's in a flying dispatch or flying saucer. She then hands the phone to Richard because he's like, you don't understand. You know, our, our son is gone. He's absolutely, he's, we have no idea where he is. So he's trying to explain this and he's saying he doesn't know how to operate the saucer, which what adult would even know this? He's six years old. <laughs> We hadn't gotten to that part of the lesson yet. Like I know. <laughs> he's basically in an overgrown classic 
popcorn mixer, like from Scream, whenever, you know, Drew Barrymore is making the pop. That's what it looks like. He's in one of those. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is wild. It's so wild. So before we go any further, we're going to take a quick break to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Our show has been around for more than three years now, which is really something to celebrate. But when I think back over all of our episodes, one that really sticks in my mind, of course, is the one about the bling ring. There were literally teenagers breaking into the homes of celebrities and stealing thousands, if not millions of dollars worth of items. There is just something so scary about someone being in your home without your knowledge, even beyond just having your things taken. And that's why when it comes to home security, I only trust my home to Simply Safe. Simply Safe isn't just some old fly-by-night security system. It was actually named the best home security systems 2024 by the US News and World Report. On top of that, Newsweek named it best customer service and home security, which is really huge because if my house or the people that are in it are in jeopardy, I want to know that I'm speaking with people who are there to help me. We've had Simply Safe in my house for several years now, and Rebecca got her system last year, and there's a lot of comfort in knowing that I have indoor and outdoor cameras all around the house. And if you aren't sure whether it's something you'd actually use, you should definitely give it a try. There are no contracts and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of our listeners real peace of mind. We want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com/criminality. That's simplysafe.com/criminality. There's no safe like Simply Safe. So back to the episode, Richard's talking to 911. He's telling the operator this balloon's over 20 feet across and seven feet high. This is also going to come up later. And it's covered in tinfoil and has a thousand cubic feet of helium. I don't know what that means exactly, but it seems like more than you would put in a, you know, my little pony balloon. So at this point, I don't know who 911 is dispatching. Maybe this is when Ghostbusters is finally helpful and like yeah they can get airborne at least like (laughs) geez this is the one time we need ghostbusters right so they you know of course have the police go to the house the police get there and richard said he thinks you know his other son is saying he saw him go into the battery area and they think that's where he is when it accidentally launched and Miami and richard say we've searched the house we cannot find him like that's the only explanation you have to help us So officers say that the family is really beside themselves with worry, and they comb the house looking for the little boy. They looked through the house twice and didn't find this little Mm -hmm. six-year-old. During this time, they also talked to Bradford. He was the 10-year-old son who saw him get in the balloon, and he continued to say, I saw him go in there. I saw him go in there. Never changed his story. So at this point, there are two news helicopters tracking the balloon, and of course, it quickly makes national news. Do you remember when this was going on? Because oh, I remember, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Like googling. Yeah. You're watching, and like, yes. oh my gosh, this little child is in there. What's going to happen? Yeah, and it looked terrifying. If anybody was in there, it's just the, it's like being attached to a balloon just flying off into the sky. So scary. So millions of people are watching what's now called Balloon Boy, right? The Colorado Air National Guards also sent out two helicopters to find Falcon, and the area being searched is from the Fort Collins area to the Denver International Airport, which caused flights to be rerouted, right? There's this giant thing floating in the air. Dad knew. I mean... I mean, yeah, he got on it. He really did. But lots of questions about that. So like me, if you're thinking, okay, they find the flying saucer, right? They're 
eventually somebody's going to find it. What do you do then? You've got a kid floating in there. How do you get that kid out of this flying saucer safely? I, I don't know. Also, do they have any idea of like the 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 longevity of the helium? Like at some point it's going to start coming down, right? Right. It's going to start coming down. I don't know if they know how long it's going to last, but there's basically it's flown by helium and flashlight batteries. So there's oh. just <laughs> There's not a lot of time. This poor baby. Oh my gosh. I know. And so how are you going to get someone into this thing? Are you They had a few ideas. One was lower someone to the balloon. Uh-huh. And I can imagine there aren't a lot of like I'd like to be volunteered for this position. <laughs> and the other idea was to put weights on the balloon to weigh it down, which I think is probably a good idea cuz it's not going to take too much to bring it down. Right. And the third idea, I guess, was just to YOLO it and to see what happened. And whether on purpose or because the volunteer thing didn't work out, YOLO is what happened. And at 1.35, two hours after the first 911 call, the balloon has a soft landing in a field near Colorado Springs. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so wait, one other question. Do we ever know what altitude it got? Like, do we ever know how high it was flying? Yes, I, I, that's the next sentence in my thing. You were so good. It's right there with you. Yeah. By the time it landed, it had traveled around 50 miles and went oh as high my as 7,000 feet at around 30 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. When you see this, Rebecca, it's going to make a lot of more sense because this thing is ridiculous. It, it's crazy that this whole story is crazy. Do I have to say that? It's just crazy. This is- Bananas. Wait, is cruising altitude 10,000? Are you saying in an airplane? Yeah. No. I don't know. That doesn't sound right. 20, We're now at a cruising altitude of 10,000 miles. 10, I mean, you could put any say? number in there and I, I agree just, with you. Me too. I'm always just like, oh, okay, we're in, I can turn my, I don't know. I can like take my can I turn my phone on? Like, can I move my yeah. seat back? <laughs> can I some Wi-Fi going to work yet? Um, I'm just feeling like that's like fairly, that's like getting up there. I mean, that's just, I'm like the fear. I just can't. I know. And so the balloon lands, authorities kind of smack it until it deflates, and that's when they're able to look inside, and they don't see Falcon. (gasps) So either he was in there, or he'd fallen somewhere in the last 50 miles. I didn't know this. I didn't know (gasps) this part. I didn't know. I didn't know how it ended. (gasps) I remember the aftermath more, like the big, like, conflict, and the, is this what happened? But I didn't know it landed, and the kid wasn't in it. And they literally, like, hit a pinata to try and check it and he wasn't in there so there's some reports that a box had been attached to to the balloon and it may have fallen off people thought falcon may have been in that box and fallen somewhere over those 50 miles can you imagine my gosh one report even came from a weld county sheriff's deputy that said he did see something fall off the balloon near this one area in colorado so authorities begin to comb over the area to see if god forbid falcon has fallen from the balloon but At about 4.05, so a couple hours later, Falcon simply walks into the family room in his house. Stop it. Yep. He said he'd been in the attic above the garage because he was upset his dad had yelled at him for playing in the compartment of the flying saucer. Wait, the boy was not in the balloon? He was not in the balloon. He was never in the balloon. Does everybody know that? I did not remember that. No, that's like part of it. Like people just... You kind of, if you don't know the whole story and you didn't follow it, you, you don't know. It also would have been impossible. He would not have survived that. 
No, he probably wouldn't have survived, but he could have. Oh my gosh. So Falcon is fine. He was in the attic. Surprise. I'm home. I know you've been looking for me for four hours. Apparently he got up there. His dad was screaming. He's playing with toys. He eventually eventually falls asleep because it's the attic and he probably had heat stroke or something. If it was Florida, you would. And this coincides, right, with Richard, when I show you this tape, of him screaming, where are you? Where's Falcon? The tethers have gone off. It's chaos outside. And so the police, the sheriff even said at the time, quote, it's not uncommon for children to seek cover when they realize they're a subject of a massive search. Huh, that's interesting. They hide because they think they're in trouble, end quote. Right, right. That makes sense, right? Yeah, like how he would interpret the hysteria and the like energy level. Right. And he already knew he was in trouble. And now he Mm -hmm. hears police voices and his name. And Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this poor kid. I'm just so glad he wasn't in there. Okay. I know. So, of course, this is huge news, especially as people realize this family has been on Wife Swap before. This is like watching Dila's celebrity drama, which is basically the premise of our entire show. So once Falcons found, the family began appearing on several news outlets, one of the biggest being Larry King Live, RIP Larry King. He was alive at this time, but not in that day. Wolf Blitzer took his place. So in this interview, Wolf asked questions to the family. All three of the kids are sitting there with Richard and Mayumi. And he says something like, "Um, did you hear your parents calling for you? And Falcon said, yeah. And his parents turned to him and they're like, you heard us and you didn't come out, which it still goes back to what the sheriff was saying. He could have heard and just was like, I'm scared. I'm not coming down. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And then so Richard looks surprised and Wolf says, you know, why did you do it? And he said, well, we did it for the show. And so that's where everything comes apart. He said that on camera. Mm -hmm. He said it on live TV. We did it for the show. Okay, do we know what show he meant? Was it maybe like a homegrown family YouTube show or something? So there was no clarification. Richard was really irritated at this point. Didn't seem irritated at him, just irritated at the whole situation. Like the tone sure, has sure, changed. Sure. Yeah. And all of that. Like they didn't even know that he had heard him heard them calling for him, right? So he finally says he's talking about the media coverage. Cause at this point they've had media outside their house sure. for two days, right? So I'm going to play, I'm going to send you this clip real quick, Rebecca. And this is just 23 to 43 seconds is just him saying this about the show. Um, He's he's asking Falcon, did you hear us calling your name at any time? Hmm? You did? You did? Why didn't you come out? Um, you guys said that um, we did this for the show. Yeah, I can see how this would bubble up into a major controversy of what is the real story here and what is this family trying to pull. Exactly. So after hearing this, the police who were really kind of like, this was a terrible thing that happened, so glad he's safe, are like, hang on, what is this show Mm -hmm. thing they're talking about? Yeah. So according to authorities, though, at this point, they're saying there's a lot of misstatements, inconsistencies, and flat out lies. That's what they're now looking into things. And- know what you're thinking why would someone go full pixar's up and pretend their baby named after a bird has floated into the sky and investigators believe that they did this for the ultimate reason which was to land a reality show Mm -hmm. i mean we we've seen it before like it's not the strangest thing no it's not at all 
So the police believe that not only were the parents in on it and hoping for press to get a reality show, but they felt that they had the kids lie as well. So from here on, there's really two stories I'll be sharing. One is what the police found in their investigation, and the other is how Richard responded to this information, a.k.a. how I really became a balloon boy truther. So (laughs) (laughs) here's the story of what police found in their investigation. So the police contacted a specialist. Don't ask me what kind of specialist would know about these balloons, but one to even ask them, like, could this have held a 37-pound kid? Like, Richard's smart. He knows what's going on would this have held a 37 pound falcon and he said based on the information the police gave him no it would not have been able to hold a 37 pound kid and richard would have known this one person who claimed to be richard's friend a man by the name of robert thomas posted on gawker and said that richard had been planning an elaborate hoax using a weather balloon to drum up network interest in a science-focused reality show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's gawker i i don't know who richard or robert thomas is but the information's now out there, right? Somebody's said it, if nothing yeah. else. So at some point in the investigation, CPS is brought in to investigate the family. In the year leading up to that October with the balloon, the police have been called to the home at least twice. So according to the Denver Post, uh, one of the calls was made in February of 2009, and it was for a possible domestic violence incident. Oh, no. Yeah, there are no charges that are filed that day. Um, It was actually a hang-up call, so police just went to the house um, Mm -hmm. where the call was made. They get there, hear a man yelling, and notice that Mayumi has a mark on her cheek and broken blood vessels in her left eye. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so Mayumi tells the police officer she was having problems with her contacts. That's the eye thing. Richard says it was him yelling because his kids were up past their bedtime. That's a lot of intense yelling for the police to come. Um, and the officer didn't have enough to arrest Richard, so he leaves. I just also, like, they don't seem like a super, like, bedtime-oriented family. And they're not. They're not. That's a big one, like. mm -hmm. It's a tell, yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. So with this history, police speak to Miami, and they, you know, talk about domestic violence, about her safety, having the kids be safe, and they encourage her to go to a safe house, but she would not leave the house. So. Back to the investigation. That's really as far as that goes. While Richard is steadfast in denying this was a hoax, according to authorities, Mayumi said it was a hoax and said the balloon was made specifically for this hoax. And the kids were told to lie to the police and the media. That's what police are saying she said in her interviews. In November of 2009, although he still proclaimed his innocence, Richard pleaded guilty to a felony count of attempting to influence a public servant. Mayumi pleads guilty to a misdemeanor count of making a false report. So Richard's ordered to pay $36,000 in restitution and serve 90 days in jail. This is a felony charge. And Mayumi's ordered to do work detail for 20 days and she would serve her sentence on on the weekends. The couple is also given four years of probation. I'm sorry. Could you repeat the charge? They, I know they they pled. What was the actual yeah. charge? So Richard pleaded guilty to a felony count of attempting to influence a public servant. I don't really know. I'm sure there was some negotiating to get that to be the charge. Reduced from whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And okay. hers was guilty of a misdemeanor count of making a false report. Okay. That one makes more sense. So the couple is also given four years of probation. And so in total with everything, it was said to be around $2 million in equipment, 
um, police shutting the airport down or, of you know, rerouting flights. This was expensive. Hoverboards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Those Ghostbusters, are not they are, they're not free. So since then, the couple really kept a pretty low p- profile. They were interviewed, though, by Good Morning America back in 2019, where Richard still said, this isn't a hoax. They were working on the saucer in the backyard when it gets loose. Falcon had been playing in it, thought he was inside. Mayumi said she confessed out of fear of being deported. So she is still a Japanese citizen. So Mm. even though the two were married, she never um, got her U.S. citizenship. So she was saying that she was told you could be separated. If you get a felony, we can send you back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that could be a false Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Falcon said he's still called the Balloon Boy, and he has leaned into that nickname. The three Heaney boys are in a heavy metal band together, and they have a song called uh, Balloon Boy, No Hoax. That's the saucer back there that you're seeing. Wow. Leaning in is no understatement. Right. He says uh, the boys said they're homeschooled, and they work with their dad to uh, fix up houses. Falcon says he doesn't even remember the day of the flight at this point, and it has no bearing on his daily life. So he was six when this happened, and this was 10, 12 years ago. So he's like 18-ish. Yeah, they're all um, older teenagers, early. Yeah, like 18. Yeah, college age. Okay. Wow. Just about a year ago, we get one more update from the family. And that's when the governor of Colorado, Jared Polis, pardoned the couple and said, quote, in the case of Richard and Mayumi Heaney, the balloon boy parents, we are all ready to move past the spectacle from a decade ago that wasted the precious time and resources of law enforcement officials and the general public. Richard and Mayumi have paid the price in the eyes of the public, served their sentences, and it's time for all of us to move on. It's time to no longer let a permanent criminal record from the balloon boy saga follow and drag down the parents for the rest of their lives, end quote. So what does this mean exactly? It means Richard's no longer a felon. He can pursue his general contact contractor's license and he'll be able to vote. One important note is the governor does not mention anything about this being a coerced confession or saying that no crime was committed at all. So to be pardoned, mm. though, it's kind of interesting that that they got that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a big that's a, a big deal right. of itself. Yeah. Yeah. So, Rebecca. Here's where I lay out my 100 points of why I am a balloon boy truther. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have six. Can lay I it give you on six? me. Six. Okay. Please. <laughs> so before Richard Heaney takes the plea, his attorney tells him to look at this case of a man by the name of Tim Masters. And so Tim Masters was somebody that was uh, arrested, tried, charged, and convicted of murder. And he was later exonerated by DNA. He was suing the same police department who... Um, arrested Richard Mm. and he his attorney's basically saying this is kind of what they do for they will go after you I think you should take a plea deal this is not going to be this isn't a good group to go after like you need to do what's best for your family and so he really pushed him taking this and they were very concerned about Miami being deported that was like his big thing the family being divided and they could have done it So police also say in the measurements, this is a big thing that comes up. They say when they measure this balloon that it's 16 feet wide. But Richard says, yeah, if you measure it from here to here, it's 16 feet. But if you measure it from one side to the middle and then double that because Mm -hmm. that it's a different measurement. 
and sure. geometry and stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't know that, but apparently Richard does. So he said, yeah, that would be able to lift 70 pounds. And remember that professor who said with the calculations that the police gave him, Falcon wouldn't be able to be right. in that? It wouldn't hold him, yeah. But in the same report, it said, but based on Richard's calculations, it would be able to. So if they've mismeasured it, Richards and Richards are correct, then yeah, even the guy says Falcon could have been in there. And even if they don't go with Richard's measurements, they were, he was right according to his measurements, whether he was right or wrong. Right. He was operating with the knowledge of what he believed at least to be true. Exactly. Yeah. So Richard also claims in interrogation, um, in this interrogation, that he called the FA FAA who told him to call 911. So what he says is they call FAA, they say to call 911. So Richard goes to call 911, Miami is calling the helicopter thing. So it's not one FAA, two helicopters, three 911. FAA was first, and as soon as they say call 911, he's calling 911, she's calling this. So they've divided it up, but that changes, right? That makes you Absolutely. think. The FAA, I wouldn't go there first, I would go 911, but I can understand and Why the way they did, mm -hmm, and the yeah. way they went to the way it was presented to us was that they called the news, and not they were calling places to find a helicopter. She called like a helicopter rental place, like. But the way we get we hear it is like, oh, this is obviously sure a hoax. Right? That was my first instinct, right? To be like, oh, let me guess the news. So yeah, so it's not one, two, three. It's one, and then they're both calling these other things. So yeah. he says they have media surrounding their house. Just they can't leave. They can't do anything. So the police tell him, and I watched a part of this interrogation video where the police officer says, yeah, we want to help you. You know, we have some ideas to get the media off your back. And he's like, great. That's what I need help with. At this point, he thinks everybody's on the same page. This was not a hoax. So he goes down there and not for questioning. And while he's in there, Mayumi is at the house and they're questioning her. So they've separated the two of them. Mm -hmm. And so he says at this point, when he talks to police, it's been 52 hours. So he hasn't slept. He said press have been outside his house, but then he's sitting there and he takes his blood sugar and he says to the officer, oh my gosh, it's 473. And the officer says, what's it supposed to be? And he said a hundred. And so the officer's like, do you need a coke or something he's like no i need a shot so his blood sugar is when i looked at like the chart thing that's like yeah off the charts like it's through the roof absolutely like dangerous yeah. dangerous yeah so he takes a shot and then they tell him hey we're gonna have you go ahead and take a polygraph test while you're here so he's taking the polygraph and asking like can i walk around he's like i haven't slept my blood sugar is through the roof like I'm not feeling well. And the guy, the guy giving the polygraph is like, you just need to sit down, relax. You can't go to sleep because he's literally passing out as he's taking this polygraph test, right? So he's saying to him, you're not staying alert enough. So he's not, there's one thing, if he hadn't done all this, if he said, oh, my blood sugar, it's one thing. But he he took it in front of the officer. Like this is all yeah. like verifiable things that are happening. Right, right. So anyway, he does not pass the polygraph for obvious reasons. Not I don't surprising. even know if it was that or if it was inconclusive. I think it might have been inconclusive. But the polygrapher doesn't even say he said he hasn't been awake or asleep for 52 hours. His blood sugar, nothing. None of that's mentioned. Okay. 
Oh, that's infuriating. That, it that, is. I mean, that can, like, that, I mean, and it depends on the state if that's admissible or not, but you know, law enforcement's just using it anyway to like bolster and their story. Public opinion too, right? Whenever yep, you hear absolutely. that, you, you gotta automatically, you question it. Absolutely. Sure, sure. Mayumi is later brought down to the police station and she's being questioned there. The kids are at the house. She's concerned being separated from the kids because Richard and Mayumi now are away from the kids and they're never away from their kids. Sure. She's being questioned without an interpreter. And so while she speaks English, like we said, it's not her native tongue. And she said in one interview, I had to go home and look up the word hoax because I didn't even know what it was when they were asking me. Of course, it's a weird word. And why would it have ever come exactly. up in vernac- like for her? Ugh. Never come up. So she doesn't even know what that word is as they're talking to her. And you can listen so to the conversation. Up. Yeah. Until she's struggling the whole time. She is trying to be honest. She's trying to explain what's going on. And he's not quite understanding her. And she's also not quite understanding him. So even on Swap, they gave her subtitles. Like that's one thing Richard says. Like she just did not understand everything going on. Mm-hmm. She's crying, and there's one point in this affidavit, part of how they got these charges, where the officer says, quote, he asked her whether they built this craft specifically for this hoax, which she states, and this is in quotation marks, the experiment for this type of craft is real in the future, but this craft was specifically built for the hoax, end quote. Now, I watched this scene, and he points to it. She never says the word hoax. She doesn't even know the word hoax. So right. She did say about this craft is real in the future, like they're hoping to make it in the future. Never said the word hoax. So it was written in. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So as it turns out, at the time of this going on, the producers of Wife Swap had been working with the Heaney family on developing a reality TV show. But after this, the producers ended the development. But they were they already had something in place. It was already going. They didn't need to do this exactly this this would not have been if i mean it could have benefited them surely but the wheels were already in motion right right i mean it definitely okay i mean you could argue yeah that this like could drum up more interest in whatever it is they're developing you could and rebecca i know i am a balloon boy truther but (laughs) i'm gonna ask you to just take the last video I'm going to have you watch. It's uh, about two minutes. We will link it in the show notes. Hopefully I can put it on YouTube. This is the most important whole thing. This is where you're going to see takeoff and everything that happens. Okay. So you'll watch from three minutes and 50 seconds to five minutes and 53 seconds. It's like two minutes. Okay. Raw footage from the liftoff. Now, first thing, did you see it? Helium canisters. Three They're big and they're expensive, and it's much more helium than they would need for a one-time hoax, but the right amount for ongoing experiments. This is a purpose-built structure for Richard's experiments. Seems elaborate for a hoax. A high-voltage sticker, because Richard really was testing electronics on board. This is a release cord, not a tether, by the way. One of the loose tethers. Now Richard gets mad, and it really doesn't feel like acting. 
the kid sure is doing a good job of acting too. And remember that they would only have one take because there's only one balloon. First of all, bless this guy for oh yeah, <laughs> dissecting this footage with that helpful accompanying video. That was so intense. It's so intense, right? And it, okay, if nothing else, I don't think we got the whole story in, in this, right? I think like we got like, I feel like there's like an Amanda Knox situation with this where it's like, oh, she, they're quirky. She's quirky. And there's no way you would react this way. There's no way you would do this. And it gets sensationalized. And then this quirky family that's very just doing their own thing is kind of the target of it. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. And once those things take off and those impressions are made, they're cemented and they're so yeah. hard for people to like shift opinion. So I, I can totally see why that happened. I will say he has like, he is so angry. Um, he was like that on Wife Swap too. He's very a yeah. million percent. Yeah, very like uh, operating at like a high, high level. Um but it's it's to me it's a case for this not being a hoax like the acting yeah. you just it's hard to, I mean he was he was they did meet in Hollywood acting school I but know, like, see it's tough to pull that off I feel like um with children and like all those variables I just think that'd be really hard to do yeah I totally agree and just they just had so many other things going on and this was just something they did together you can just see how it could unravel so quickly and if the dad's screaming like this, they showed the little boy. I saw like a video of him being able to pull himself in the attic. They're just like kind of all over the place. Kids, tough right. little climbers and stuff. Like it yeah, wasn't yeah. crazy that it wasn't like somebody had to push him in there or something, which is what you kind of think. And then you see it. But they even had, I didn't even have this in the story, but they had, um, I don't know if it was counselors or something talking to the kids. Basically, it looked more like play therapy where they were like, you know, draw this picture. Show me this. Mm -hmm. Well, Police officers, you could hear them off camera, just barely on these uh, in these videos, telling them what to ask the kids. So, like, why did you say you did this? When and the kids stuck to their same thing every time. Like, I just don't think you could get kids to lie that well. And I could see a six year old going on TV saying we did this for the show, and not meaning what we interpret it as. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't yeah. Know. Yeah, I mean, with the news uh, coverage, who knows what he was directly referring to in that right. moment. It is unfortunate, though. It's like one of those stories, and it wouldn't even be the first time you or I have probably heard a story like this or anyone who listens to true crime cases where there's all these just really, they're almost like bad facts, you know, mm -hmm. in a case that are just things that don't look good for right. the alleged suspect or perpetrator, but don't necessarily prove guilt, but they just, they look bad and they're, right. they're just these unfortunate, uh, like circumstances. And there's a lot totally. of them in this. <laughs> I know that's, that's the hardest part. Cause you have yeah. to look past several things, but I don't know. And then I saw the dad talking about it and just how heartbroken he was when they had to make the decision to plead guilty, knowing what that meant and knowing yeah. he didn't feel guilty and didn't want to lose his what I don't know. Like, I don't think he's an angel by any stretch of the means or anything, but I sort of think they got railroaded and I don't know. I, it I, sounds like it. It sounds like it. Um, <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. It's a highly bizarre case. Like, right. it just couldn't be more unusual, starting with the fact that they built this thing that yeah. is like a balloon UFO. And yeah. 
It's so, so weird. And I love it so much. I love knowing what really happened. And I love that you've like laid out the evidence for me. I know. I felt like you, whenever you were doing your, um, who wants to be a millionaire thing. Yes. Except I never went back. <laughs> That's great. I, just, I mean, it was but crazy. Isn't that, it's so cool to go into a story and then to like change your mind and, and consider two sides. I think that is the most fun part. That That is, I did not see any of that coming because I, oh, this God. is like bl- blurry in my mind. Like I definitely yeah. remember it, but I'm like, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, weird. Yeah, it's weird. Rebecca, let's go on to something else. I'd love to know what it is you've been watching. Okay, so it's a bit of a throwback. So think outside the current uh, roster of shows. Okay. Uh, HBO, New Jersey, Crime. Sopranos. (laughs) Yes, you got it. Uh, I never watched The Sopranos. I haven't either. Oh, my gosh. Well... I got intrigued. I interviewed a uh, a prosecutor who went a- up against like major mafia of New York City mm-hmm. for 12 years. And um, I asked him, like, what's the best depiction of uh, the mafia in scripted television or movies? And he was like, hands down, The Sopranos, because oh. because it shows the like the grind that it is. It's not just highly glamorized. In fact, it's not glamorized at all. And uh so it just got me curious. I was like, how am I Italian? I'm from New Jersey and I've never watched The Sopranos. <laughs> so um, I started it last month. I'm like in season two and I'm really, I'm enjoying it. I'm moving at like a snail's pace because I'm watching many other things sure. as well. But that's like the one big show I'm following right now. Oh, very cool. Should yeah. I jump into that? Because I've never watched it. Never really you know, had an interest. Me either. And like even mafia stuff doesn't super intrigue me, but um, I will say it's like very psychological. Speaking of okay. that, that came up earlier, there's this relationship with uh, his therapist and um, that's like a big through line and I'm really enjoying it. And okay. I think give it a couple episodes. It's not for everybody, but it is such a classic too. Like I do think it is like in that top 10 list for people like Mad Men, Breaking right. Bad, The Sopranos. So it felt important for me to watch it. So I don't know. You can try it and no shame if, well, yeah, you're going to finish it. I'm, you don't have that ability. I can yeah. jump ship anytime. Uh, um, so I'm I don't know. It's very that. funny. It's very well written. Like, oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, okay, there's well, a lot of humor. I mean, there's a lot of violence, but it's not that like perpetual like Tarantino style just yeah, yeah, yeah. relentless beatings it's like they're they're like get they're, a cup of coffee beat somebody yeah seven. yes precisely <laughs> precisely um so yeah how about you what are you watching okay so I did take your recommendation I'm not going to give this as my clues to start ladies of London finish the first season really and? enjoying it mm-hmm. it's not like my favorite Bravo show of all yeah. time but I'm I'm learning the people on the show. Um, Caroline is the worst and I love her. And, the best worst, um, yeah. Yeah, the best worst. And so that's fun. Um, and the Lady Sandwich, that thing blew my mind that there's somebody <laughs> named Lady Sandwich. That's I know. my ultimate. I, like, I know. Unofficially, I thought I was. But yeah. <laughs> um, apparently, it's like a real gig. <laughs> yeah, that's what I need. So that's I've been watching that um, slowly, and then I watched some Y Swap for this. So the other thing I watched, it's a little outside the box. Um, we're gonna okay. go YouTube. Oh shoot! Okay, thirteen. Scarf. Okay. 
Oh. <laughs> Taylor Swift's yeah. new thing? I have watched all too well Taylor's version, the 10-minute version, about eight times since yesterday. I'm You going, and the rest of Instagram. <laughs> I'm going through some things in my life. I did not expect to be doing this. Um, I've listened to the song Enchanted 5,000 times where my son even says, I don't like Taylor Swift. Um, and I didn't even know he heard me <laughs> say that it was Taylor Swift. So he's like, you can't play it. And my daughter's already shamed me enough for it. But she's like, you can't just listen to one song over and over again. She's like, diversify yeah. the portfolio. No, I can't worth a watch oh yeah i mean it's it's very what i like about it and what i like about her and i'm not a swifty although i think i might be um i think this is how to prove prove it by saying i'm not um she puts all these easter eggs and stuff in things so you're always like watching and really closely watching to see like how much is innuendo and how much actually happened. And then, of course, I'm watching everybody post things that are like, here's Jacob Gyllenhaal in this shirt, and here's the guy in yeah. this shirt. And I'm just living for it. So the lyrics she are good. She is so smart, yeah. Yeah, it's good. And it does remind you of like, I mean, a breakup. Everybody's had a breakup like that where it's just you were into the person maybe more than they were into you or whatever, and lines get crossed. And But can you imagine somebody writing a song about you and 10 years later you dated for three months and you took her scarf and she's like got 38-year-olds like me just <laughs> <laughs> talking about it on their podcast so much. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I can't stop. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I need to get on that quick because this is going to be one of those things. It's like such the heightened moment right now. And I'm like, oh, I'll get to that in three months. Mm. Like I need to do it a little closer too. So maybe that'll I'll do that tomorrow. By the end of the weekend. It's only 10 minutes. It's not exactly. going to change can, your life. Yeah, yeah. It is what it is. But it, it's like culturally relevant. I it is. You would say. So I should watch it. I know. I'm still reeling from the leftovers. I haven't really wanted to commit to anything else. Um because I know I'll be stuck in it. I think I've decided I liked that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, I think we had a couple people pipe up about it. Um, pipe up sounds so negative. I didn't mean it like that. Chime in. Chime in about it on, on social media, like listeners who also felt similarly Yeah, to I don't you, think so. anyone, nobody said they liked it. And that's it okay. Wasn't, there was no like hard yeses or hard noes. It was a lot of like, yeah, so. Yeah. Thank you. I'm and then people are liking In the Dark, I noticed. Oh, loved In the Dark. I watched, um, I, I'm not saying I did. I watched the trailer and the trailer is really funny. It is the girl that would intrigue me to watch it. You were saying that. The actress that's in She's the main captivating. spot. Yeah. So much so. Yeah. So I'm willing to watch, I guess, all the sexy time, bra time stuff that she's going to show. Always um, a bralette. Always yeah. a bralette involved. <laughs> So I think I'm willing to uh, I, I want to try that, but I'm 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 like in a slower TV phase like this week. I'll be cranking it up next week. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, we, we ebb and we flow, you know, I mostly flow. But this week there's been a little ebb. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Rebecca, what are your yes. clues? OK, I have three clues for you. OK. Robbery. OK. Deli meat. Okay. Do you do you know where I'm going? No, but I'm just thinking of lady oh. sandwiches again and I got excited. Uh, yes. Sorry, of course. <laughs> um family. I got to think about this. I do not know. I'm not going to be able to figure it out right now, but 
Gonna... You will. I think, think you will. Yeah. You think I'll get it? Actually, it sounds great. Like I know. Well, okay. It's like a day at the Olive Garden. Great, but like yes. when you're here, you're family, and you won't get robbed. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> um, you can't get robbed at a place with free breadsticks. Mm-mm. They're Not getting awesome. robbed. Yeah. <laughs> the robbery is Olive Garden. Like, how when are they bankrupt? Yes. <laughs> Give me all the salad and breadsticks. Um, This was so much fun. This might be my favorite yet. Oh, really? I felt like yeah, I was I, all over the place. No, I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, good. I, um, I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. They're like such interesting characters. It's just, it's going to stay with me. Oh, good. All right. Well, we will be back in two weeks to do this again. Um, Rebecca has her show, other show, Dialogue, that is on every Wednesday, right? Still cult adjacent? Nope. We've moved into um, other things. We are doing, what are we doing right now? Podcasts and shows. Like I'm talking to really interesting podcast hosts of new podcasts and TV subjects, like good true crime stuff to watch that's very current and new. Oh, very nice, Rebecca. Yeah. And uh, everybody can catch Melissa and Mandy on Tuesdays with Moms and Murder podcast. And you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Let's just say Instagram. Why are we doing this to ourselves? (sighs) Facebook. You are a great tweeter and people need to know. Get on Twitter, follow at Criminality Show and Moms and Murder while you're at it because she's super active there too. Uh, Melissa is a prolific tweeter and you need to follow us there. But yeah, Instagram, Facebook stuff gets hidden. I, I see comments weeks later. So honestly, if you have something to say to us on Facebook, please (laughs) say it to our face on Instagram. Um, that came out weird, but you know what I mean? Um, and YouTube, some lucky people got to watch this. So please subscribe to our channel. It's called at criminality show, just like our handles. And, um, I think that's it. That sounds good. We will be back in two weeks. Can't wait for, can't wait to pass the torch. Here's the torch. Take it. Sandwiches. Yeah. (laughs) See you in two weeks. Bye.